Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I'm Brad. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate that. I, uh, I appreciate the reviews I'm getting and all the wonderful love on social media with the shares and the likes and, of course, the listens. That <laughs> uh, means a lot to me. So thank you once again. Can't say it enough. I uh, met up with a friend of mine for some coffee, Jason, uh, recently, and we went to the Summer Moon, which you may have heard me talk about that before if uh, if you've listened to the show for a while. One of my favorite spots in town. I, I could very easily see this place becoming like the next Starbucks. Not even joking. I mean, it's it's that good. And it's one that started with just one store down in South Austin. And they have branched out. I think they may have eight or nine locations at this point. And uh, they're even coming out to the Burbs to us, uh, you know, people out in Round Rock and Cedar Park. And um, I was all proud of this place because uh, he had never been to Summer Moon before. And um, I, uh, so I was really, you know, looking forward to, to showing him the wonderful coffee that they have. And uh, I was bragging about it while we were talking, uh, mentioning that they even roast their own beans. They've got this cool YouTube video. I'll uh, link it in the show notes. And it shows these guys roasting the beans over this wood fire. It's, uh, it's really cool. I'd love to go and hang out with them for a day to do this, but I don't know that I'd want to do it every day. <laughs> At least not in the middle of the summer. It looks like a hot job to have, but the coffee is superb. When I mentioned this to him, uh, he says just all nonchalantly, like, well, I roast my own beans. Like, don't you? <laughs> and he's a bit of a, a you know, a cook, so he's into that kind of thing. But it really blew me away that a normal person can just roast their own beans. And, uh, you know, he said, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll have to do a batch for you. And I said, well... I think you're going to have to do one better than that. I want to come see you roast these beans. Uh, apparently, when he gets them, they're all green, uh, you know, because they are fresh. They've just been picked, and he gets them from all over the world. And uh, I, I, here I am, the guy with a podcast called The Coffee Buzz, and Jason is out coffeeing me. I had to give him my know-it-all coffee card. <laughs> I had to just turn it over there, but... Uh, it was uh, it was fun, and uh, now I'm gonna actually get to roast some beans. So be on the lookout for that Insta story sometime soon. <laughs> An article caught my eye this week. It was uh, about how open-minded people are more lucky, and one of the reasons is that they are just less rigid in their thinking, at least less rigid than I used to be. (laughs) Um, Basically, when we become stressed and anxious, our vision actually narrows. Uh, They have done some studies, and what happens, especially when you have a perceived threat, is that the peripheral goes away in order to see certain threats. That way you're able to focus more on Uh, you know, your fight or flight responses and what is in front of you as an immediate threat. Now, 
this probably works great out in the wild or if you have a predator of some type. But uh, the downside is if you're anxious and there is no threat, like someone trying to mug you or a lion chasing you, then you just sort of miss opportunities. And uh, when we let go of that anxiety and the stress, it's not really so much that luck happens more. It's just that we might see that super sweet parking spot that we wouldn't have. You know, I, I know that when I go downtown, I've experienced this. I, I've been in both states of mind where I would go downtown and just be sort of anxious because it's a busy time of year and I know that parking is going to be insanity and it just sort of the anxiety starts to build before I even get down there and then it takes me like a half hour to find a parking place and it's typically one I have to pay like 15 or 20 dollars for and then walk uh, you know 10 blocks to get where I want to go but when I'm just sort of lighthearted about it and I'm not taking myself so seriously, then I will find a parking spot that is exactly where I need to go. And it's actually a free spot. And um, it just lines up because uh, I've just let go of all that anxiety and stress. And we can apply this principle to everything, not just rock star parking spots. And when I read this article, I, I thought to myself, okay, like this all makes sense, but how do I become more I how do I become more open-minded or how do I stay more open-minded? Because it kind of comes and goes for me. Uh, hopefully more coming than going. <laughs> so um, for me, the one way I overcome anxiety is by being more kind and compassionate to others. Uh, this is really, from my experience, the only way out of depression and anxiety. I, I can't find the answer somewhere else. I can't take a pill. I can't drink anything to get rid of it. Like it's, those are all temporary fixes. But when I'm talking about deep level coming out of mental illness, it for me, and this is my dog, by the way, co-host extraordinaire. <laughs> uh, I opened the windows today thinking, oh, it's a nice day. I'm going to let some fresh air in. And uh, it drives her wild because she hears everything. So at any rate, I'm going to try to make it through this episode without having to stop and, uh, you know, put her in another room. However, uh, getting back on track here. For me, ins happiness is more of an inside job. I can't take an outside stimulant to make it happen. Because if I do, I just become dependent on that thing anyway. Um, just being kind to others. I mean, essentially, it's all neuroscience anyway. We can actually become our own drug dealer or, uh, or chemist in our own brain. Uh, when a friend comes to you and is upset... And let's say you comfort them, you, you rub their back or you give them a hug. Both parties actually get this flood of oxytocin. Uh, Berkeley did some studies on this where they did brain scans to measure it. And 
once again, this is sort of uh, science catching up to spirituality. Um, oxytocin is that feel-good drug that happens to mothers whenever they're uh, you know, nursing or they're around their baby. Uh, and it can happen in all kinds of other ways, too. It's actually the perfect drug. It counters the effects of cortisol, which is the stress hormone. It's that fight-or-flight response. And it just has this calming effect, and it leaves you just feeling tranquil and loving and in that open-minded state that I talked about earlier. And recently, I've started doing some... I know this is going to sound cheesy, not very manly, but it helped me, so I'm here to share it. <laughs> uh, I'm doing love and kindness meditations because I don't, the reason I do it is because when I don't do it, when I don't do a daily meditation, I, I tend to become a raging asshole. <laughs> you could just ask those closest to me. Um, and like, you know, most other things, this is just a skill and uh, I still have my moments of, of selfishness like, you know, everybody else. But when I, I start with the people closest to me, you know, my wife, my daughter, and then sort of move out from there to random strangers, it, it just makes that anxiety sort of fade away just off into the background. And uh, when I wake up in the morning, I try to ask myself, yeah, who can I be kind to today? Because uh, there's no shortage of people that, that just need kindness in their life. And I don't go around giving hugs to everyone. Uh, that's not really my style. But, you know, actually just something as simple as listening to someone tell a story without interruption is a form of compassion. You know, most people... Of the most of the time, they just sort of wait to speak rather than listen. So, something as simple as listening to someone just makes them feel validated. Uh, typically, what I see happen is that someone would be telling a story and about how uh, at some point they will say, "Yeah, the the time I went to the beach." And the person that's supposed to be listening says, oh, the beach, let me tell you about the best beach in the world. <laughs> and I, I sit back and I'm like, there's no way that person is listening to anything this other person is saying. And what I try to practice is listening without interjecting any personal commentary that directs the conversation back to me. If anything, I'm just going to ask questions about the beach, like, oh, really, where was this at? Tell me about it. Was it a white sand beach or did it have the blue water? What time of year was it? You know, get, I try to get more personal with their story rather than interjecting my own narrative. And this, it's amazing because of how rare it happens. Whenever I do this, people just, I don't know, they feel, I can tell that they just feel uh, just loved in a way. And it used to kind of be, I, I kind of looked at it like a curse. I would go around saying, I, I have this bad habit of listening to people. And um, <laughs> now I've sort of embraced it because I can see that it's, it's kind of one of my superpowers now that I use. Uh, I firmly believe that kindness is magic and that we can affect people in so many ways 
And when we do this, it brings it back to ourselves. Um, being able to be compassionate towards others, it does start with being compassionate towards ourselves. Um, the way that I do this is sort of contemplating my inner child. And I've started developing a relationship with this entity. And my question for you is, how old is your inner child? I grew up in the 70s and 80s. And at this time, it was a much different time than it is now in terms of child rearing. And uh, back then, kids were seen and not heard. <laughs> um, I also grew up in a very religious home, you know, for the first 10 years of my life. And my parents would quote things like, spare the rod, spoil the child. And I don't know if you can relate with this, but some of you I'm sure can. So my inner child was not really validated in a lot of ways. And um, I've had to sort of become my own parent uh, and, and show love to that entity. Uh, now when someone or something stressful happens or there's some type of conflict with another person, and I feel myself slipping into those fearful thought patterns uh, that I had like as a kid, they start to reemerge because it's so present in our subconscious programming that I, uh, I just start to console my inner child the way I would if my daughter was upset. I have to show myself the same level of compassion and love that I show her. And when I do this, I have so much more to give to others, so much more. Um, there's, a, there's an old saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. And, and able to be service to, uh, and able to be of service to others, I have to take care of myself first. And this is a powerful way to change yourself with love and kindness. Uh, I think we have the ability to overcome anxiety and depression in our own, the own, our own chemicals in our brain. I will post a loving kindness meditation in the show notes. You may want to check that out, as well as some other things that you might find interesting from today's show. On Instagram, you can find me at the Coffee Buzz PC, and of course at the CoffeeBuzzPodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week.